Welcome. Bienvenidos a la Iglesia Comunidad Amanecer. We had a great time in downtown Tulare last night with our children of our community. Um, many of you donated candy, and some of you were there on hand as we were part of a kind of a downtown event. What a great opportunity in our own backyard just to be light, just to be the presence of Jesus in our own neighborhood. Fue un evento, hubo un evento la anoche para los niños aquí en el centro titular y pudimos ser la presencia de Cristo aquí. So thank you for your, your help with that. Uh, this Wednesday, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to be a light in your own neighborhood because children will be coming to you. And I want to plant that seed with you, how you might be able to minister to them. Los niños llegan a su casa el miércoles. ¿Cómo pueden plantar una semilla? ¿Cómo pueden ser luz? And so just so you know, we will not be having our Wednesday night activities here this Wednesday, but we want you to be where the children are and be a light, be the presence of Jesus wherever you are. No vamos a tener actividades el miércoles, pero que ustedes sean la luz en su vecindario esta semana, este miércoles. With that, I want to bless and dismiss our boys and girls to children in worship time. Los niños ya pueden ir al tiempo de niños en adoración. So we want to send you off. They're going to be listening and learning and growing in God's word together. That's our three-year-olds up to fifth grade. And we're so grateful for all of the teachers and helpers in that ministry that continue to plant the seeds of the good news of Jesus in the hearts of our children. Gracias por los que ayudan con ese ministerio para plantar las semillas del evangelio en nuestros hijos. And uh, in just a few minutes, the rest of us will be looking into God's word. And I want to invite you that uh, there are Bibles you can get from the back. So if you want to get a Bible and you need one, go ahead and do that. Hay Biblias detrás que pueden usar. But just prior to getting into the scripture, there's one other thing I want to tell you about. And that is in two weeks... We are going to be having a special time together called our annual congregational meeting. This is a part of what we do as a community, as Sunrise Community Church. Every year we, we come together to talk about and celebrate the year that's been and the year of ministry that is to come. And it will be a part of our morning worship and then extend beyond kind of the worship time into just a brief time afterwards. So in effect, it'll be the same time frame just a different kind of Sunday. And so we want you to be aware of that. Vamos a tener nuestra reunión anual de la congregación donde miramos el año pasado y anticipamos el año que viene en el ministerio. Y va a ser durante el tiempo de adoración, más o menos el mismo plazo de tiempo. But we hope you know that, that what goes on at Sunrise Community Church, it, it wasn't just like uh, I woke up this morning and said, oh, I think I'll just head over to uh, Sunrise and see what happens. And, and, and our worship team didn't just wake up today and say, well, you know, I think I'll play guitar. I think I'll sing. All of that is, that goes on behind the scenes. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. What happens here on Sundays is just the tip of the iceberg of this ministry. Lo que es el domingo solo es la, la puntita del iceberg de, de nuestro ministerio. There are mission partners and people that are donating candy and donating their time and donating their gifts and their resources like you just saw in the offering time. And all of that comes together and we're mission partners. And so we're going to have this time together in two weeks to talk about the plan and the, the direction for the year to come and how we can use the resources God has given us in that. We'll also be selecting new leaders. So please stay tuned. We'll have more to share about that. Uh, es una oportunidad para que miremos lo que Dios tiene que para nosotros en el año que viene. So with that, I want to just turn your attention to our scripture reading as we're in week number two now of this series of messages. Our scripture today comes from 
Paul's letter to the Roman Christians is la epístola de Pablo a los Romanos. It's Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 15. Romanos 10, 8 al 15. Now, on the screen are some page numbers, so I will say we've got some new Bibles that are not paginated like that, so you may just have to kind of look into the New Testament and find it. Find Romans and then the Big Ten and the small eight. Uh, la página indica dónde está el texto. As you're getting there, I uh, want you to know I'm going to read this first in Spanish, and then I'll read after that in English. Voy a leer primero en español, después en inglés. This is the word of the Lord, la palabra del Señor. And it comes to us through the inspired writer Paul. El escrito Pablo, escritor inspirado, dice lo siguiente. La palabra está cerca de ti. La tienes en la boca y en el corazón. Esta es la palabra de fe que predicamos. Que si confiesas con tu boca que Jesús es el Señor y crees en tu corazón que Dios lo levantó de entre los muertos, serás salvo. Porque con el corazón se cree para ser justificado, pero con la boca se confiesa para ser salvo. Así dice la Escritura, todo el que confíe en él no será jamás defraudado. No hay diferencia entre judíos y gentiles, pues el mismo Señor es Señor de todos y bendice abundantemente a cuantos lo invocan. Porque todo el que invoque el nombre del Señor será salvo. Ahora bien, ¿cómo invocarán a aquel en quien no han creído? ¿Y cómo creerán en aquel de quien no han huido? ¿Y cómo irán si no hay quienes, quien les predique? ¿Y quién predicará sin ser enviado? Así está escrito, que hermoso es recibir al mensajero que trae buenas nuevas. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So it was about three weeks ago. I uh, got a very special phone call from my wife, Mindy, with some incredible news. Hace tres semanas mi esposa llamó con una noticia especial. After nine years of study, 3,000 plus hours of clinical work, three failed attempts, she finally passed her final exam to become 
a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. That was something amazing. Después de nueve años de trabajo, aprobó su examen para hacerse terapista en matrimonios y familia. And I was just excited. I was overjoyed by this news. Could not believe it. Finally, we made the goal. And I was so proud of her. Estuve muy orgullosa de ella. And I'm in my car. I'm driving along in my car. And my, my thoughts are, oh, wow, who can I call about this? Who can I tell about this? ¿A quién puedo llamar? ¿A quién puedo contar esta noticia? And so, I, you know, I thought of my parents. Okay, I'm calling my parents. So I call up. Dad's at home, and I'm talking to my dad out in Iowa. and say, Mindy, passed. Mindy, passed. And he's excited about that. And that was good. Llamé a mi papá. Le conté la noticia. I get home. I'm doing housework around the house, but I'm just kind of like, who can I call? Who can I tell? ¿A quién puedo llamar? And, and then I go out to the curb, and I get the trash can from the curb. Voy a la curva para traer el basurero. And I'm looking around the neighborhood. I'm saying, who's out and about? Who can I tell? Who can I call? You know, who can I share about this? ¿A quién puedo llamar? I mean, this, this is right in me. You know, I want to tell this. I'm agitated in a positive way. And then it hits me like a ton of bricks. Después me, me, me impacta. I have a piece of good news that is way, way better than this. It's the best news out there. Yo tengo una mejor noticia que esta. And yet, why? Why am I not always this eager? Why am I not always this excited to share that news? It's the good News of Jesus Christ. Es la noticia del Señor Jesucristo. So, so why am I not willing and eager and ready to say something? ¿Por qué no estoy presto a decir algo? Well, last week, that's what we began to consider a little bit through this series of messages I'm calling Say Something. Empezamos esta serie de algo la semana pasada. And, and we began by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And in that scripture, we saw how we are actually called by God to plant and to water the seeds of this good news, the gospel message. Somos llamados de Dios a sembrar y regar esta noticia de las buenas noticias. But here's the thing, while we're called to plant the seeds, while we're called to water and cultivate those seeds, God alone is the one who gives growth. Sin embargo, solo Dios da crecimiento. Only Jesus Christ has the power to, to transform lives. That's not within our power. Solo Jesucristo transforma las vidas. Only the Holy Spirit is the one who can make faith spring up in other people. We can't do that. We don't have that kind of power. Solo el Espíritu Santo hace surgir la fe en las personas. But here's the thing. That doesn't mean the fact that we can't make this happen doesn't mean that we are to do nothing. Eso no quiere decir que no hagamos nada. No, quite the opposite. We are to do something. We are to say something. Because you see, God has called us to be co-laborers in this whole enterprise. Dios nos ha llamado para ser colaboradores en esto. And so today, in Romans chapter 10, uh, our part Our role in this process is explained a little bit further. Vemos lo que es nuestro papel en esto en Romanos capítulo 10. Here, the early church leader Paul again is writing and he's talking about the message of Jesus. He's talking about the gospel. Pablo habla del mensaje de Jesús, el evangelio. 
And in the verses just prior to what we read, he's comparing the message of Jesus with the message of the Old Testament law. The message of the Ten Commandments that was given to the people of, of Israel. Compara el mensaje de Jesús con el mensaje de los diez mandamientos que, que fueron dados a Israel. Now, as we know, the Ten Commandments came to the people of Israel when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and received them from God. And then he came down from the mountain and he was a human messenger that God used to bring the Ten Commandments to the people. Dios usó a Moisés como mensajero humano para traer los diez mandamientos. Subió a Sinai y los trajo. And the reason that Moses was there was that the people of Israel were intimidated by the voice of God. They were scared, spitless in the presence of God, and they did not want to be near him, so they sent Moses up on their behalf. El pueblo tenía miedo la presencia y la voz de Dios, por eso Moisés fue en su lugar. And so Moses goes up and he brings this message down, and what does the message say? What's the message of the Ten Commandments? ¿Cuál es el mensaje de los diez mandamientos? Well, if you look at Romans chapter 10, verse 5, Romans uh, 10:5, Paul says, This is what the Ten Commandments are about. This is how Moses describes the Ten Commandments. The one who does these things will live by them. Quien practique estas cosas vivirá por ellas. In other words, here's the message of the Ten Commandments. Do these things and you will live. You will be saved. You will be justified or made right before God. Se hacen estas cosas, vivirás o serás justificado ante Dios. And that's the message that Moses brought down to the people. He brought it right to their doorstep. Moisés trajo esta, este mensaje al pueblo. In fact, if we look back at the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14, Again, Moses is explaining what he did. He's reflecting on this later. In Deuteronomio 30, 14, Moisés habla esto. And he says, here's, here's what, you know, God's speaking through Moses. And God's saying, hey, here's the commandments. You don't have to go up to a mountain to get them. And you don't have to go down to the depths to get them. No tienes que subir a los montes para recibir estos mandamientos o bajar a las profundidades. No, it says in Deuteronomy 30, 14, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart so that you may obey it. La palabra está muy cerca de ti. La tienes en la boca, en el corazón, para que la obedezcas. That's what Moses did. He brought the, the message, the word of the Ten Commandments to the people. And the people of Israel were called to have this word constantly in them, to, to talk about it, to have it in their heart, to meditate on it, so that they would obey it. Los israelitas debían meditar en la palabra para obedecerla. It was all supposed to work. There was just one problem. It didn't. It didn't work. No funcionó. Why? Because while the people of Israel had the law in their hearts, there was something else going on in their hearts. They had sin. The sinful defect of their heart kept them from obeying that law. They could not do it. They were powerless to do it. Tenían en su corazón la ley, pero también su pecado y no podían obedecerla. But now, Paul's saying, there's another way. There's another message and another way to become right with God. 
And this way, this message does not depend upon our performance. It doesn't depend on our ability to do good works. Hay otra manera de, de ser justificado con Dios que no depende de nuestras acciones y de nuestras buenas obras. This message is not a message of obedience, it's a message of faith. Es un mensaje de fe. This message also has come down to us like the Ten Commandments. But Mo, uh, uh, Paul says in verse 6, this message, however, does not say to you, you have to go up to the heights. You have to go up to the heights of holiness and righteousness in order to attain it. El mensaje no dice, tienes que subir a las alturas de la santidad o de la justicia. And this message does not say to you, you have to go down to the depths and lift yourself up. No tienes que ir a las profundidades para levantarte. What does this message of faith say? Que dice este mensaje? Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Si confiesas con la boca Jesús es el Señor y crees en tu corazón que Dios lo levantó de los muertos, serás salvo. Here's the good news. Jesus is the new Moses who has come down from on high as the perfect human messenger of a new message. Jesus is the nuevo Moisés que baja con un nuevo mensaje. He not only comes down and says, live this way, he does it. Jesus comes down and he lives out perfectly the Ten Commandments in our place. El vive los diez mandamientos en nuestro lugar. Romans chapter 10 verse 4, just a few verses earlier, it says, Christ, Jesus, is the end of the law. That is, he's the completion, the perfection of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Cristo es el fin o el cumplimiento de la ley para que todo el que cree en él reciba la justicia. So now the message is a message of faith. It's not a message that says obey the rules. It's a message that says trust a person. Trust Jesus. El mensaje no es obedezcan las reglas sino confíen en una persona. And if you will do that, if you will, if you will say Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You see, Jesus went to the depths. He went to the depths on the cross for you to lift you up. He's risen from the dead. He's gone to the heights on your behalf. Jesús bajó a la cruz y murió. Resucitó para levantarte. And if you'll just believe and confess Jesus is Lord, you will be made right with God. And there's no difference. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. Anyone who does this will never be put to shame. El que, el que confiesa nunca jamás será defraudado because, as Paul says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Todo el que invoque el nombre del Señor será salvo. Is this good news or what? It's incredible news. Jesus has come down as this human messenger. He's come near us to bridge that gap between us and God, between sinners who can't 
and a holy God who can. Él es la, el que entra en la brecha entre pecadores y Dios. So then, here's the question. If this is the case, why doesn't everybody get this? Why doesn't everybody just embrace this news? Why doesn't everybody believe? ¿Por qué no todos captan esto? Well, part of the answer is that there's another gap. Hay otra brecha. It's not a spiritual gap. Jesus has come down to fill the spiritual gap. He came down and he said, the kingdom of God is near you. Repent and believe. He came and he closed that gap. Jesús ha llenado esa brecha. Dijo, arrepiéntanse y crean. It's not a spiritual gap. Jesus is all we need. End of sentence. Jesús es todo lo que necesitamos. So where's the gap? The gap's not a spiritual gap. It's a practical gap. It's a logistical gap. Es una brecha práctica. In verse 14, Paul explains that. Listen to the first word, the word how. When you talk about how, you're talking about something practical, right? How do you do this? How do you do that? Whenever you go on Google, you do how, and you're going to get a practical explanation, right? How to change your oil. How to do this. Listen to what Paul says. How can they call on the one they have not believed in? ¿Cómo invocarán aquel en quien no han creído? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? ¿Y cómo creerán en aquel de quien no han oído? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? ¿Y quién predicará sin ser enviado? And how can they preach unless they are sent? ¿Y quién predicará sin ser enviado? There's a practical gap here. There's a Bible scholar that said the gap is between the gospel message and our taking advantage of it. Hay una brecha entre el evangelio y nuestra capacidad de, de tomar ventaja de ella. And in that gap, Paul here is describing a chain with basically four links in it. Okay? Hay una cadena de cuatro enlaces. The gap is closed when a person responds to Jesus filling the gap by calling on the name of the Lord. El que invoca el nombre del Señor será salvo. He who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But practically speaking, how can you, how can you call on the Lord if you don't believe? ¿Cómo vas a invocar sin creer? Okay, so you need to believe, but how are you going to believe if you've never heard of Jesus? That's a practical gap. Si nunca has oído a Jesús, ¿cómo vas a creer? And how can you hear if someone doesn't tell you the news? Someone doesn't preach the news. Again, there's a practical gap. How can you hear it if someone doesn't stand there and say something? ¿Cómo vas a oír si nadie no dice nada? And how can they tell you about it if God doesn't send them? ¿Cómo van a escuchar si Dios no los envía? So there's this chain here. And in that chain, in that gap, what do we find? There needs to be 
a personal connection. God chooses people. And God sends people to bring to other people the message of Jesus. Dios escoge y envía unas personas para llevar a otras el mensaje de Jesús. People are God's chosen link in the chain. And that's because he wants it that way. Así lo quiere. So think about this. The good news of Jesus Christ comes near us through people. There's a human element in what God is doing because he wants to bring the message near to you and to me. El mensaje llega con las personas. But that message comes near to us through people, not just so that we can receive it and then believe it and then call upon the Lord and be saved and be fine. No, the message comes near to us so that we can believe and trust in Jesus and then we are to go and be another link in the chain to share with other people the message of Jesus. Él nos da el mensaje de Jesús no solo para que lo recibamos, sino para que vayamos a otros para traer. Es ese mensaje. We are, think about it, we are co-laborers with God. So Jesus has done it all. He's died, he's risen, he's ascended. Where is Jesus right now? ¿Dónde está Jesús ahora? In his resurrected body. Jesus is not here. He's at the right hand of the Father. Su cuerpo ha resucitado. Jesús no está aquí. So how can Jesus get near to people? He chooses by his own decision. He has chosen to send his Holy Spirit and to fill his believing people with his Holy Spirit so that they now are sent to go in his name to bring that message to others. That's what he wants. Él quiere llenar a su pueblo con su Espíritu Santo para que vayamos en su nombre a las otras personas. So in other words, the thing is, we are called to mind the gap. We're called to stand in that practical gap as spirit-filled people and to say something. Somos llamados a entrar en esa brecha y decir algo. I want to ask you a question. We asked it last week, actually. Who are some of the people in your life that you can think of who have stood in the gap and have impacted your life by telling you about Jesus in some way? You had to hear in some way, didn't you? Tenían que escuchar a Jesús de alguna forma. ¿Quién se puso en la brecha por ustedes? Who was that? Was it a pastor? May have been somebody like myself. Might have been a pastor. Often it's parents, right? Son los papás. Or maybe it was a teacher, or a friend, or a neighbor, or a family member, un familiar, un, 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 un vecino, un amigo. Who did that? Who was in the gap for you? Now, here's the thing. It's conceivable that there was absolutely no person involved. It is conceivable, and there are stories of people, maybe you've heard, people who pick up a Bible, and they just pick up the Bible, and the Bible The inspired word of God has the power to touch them and they are changed and transformed and they believe just by reading the Bible. I truly believe that. Hay personas que solo leen la Biblia y vienen a la fe. Does God need us? He doesn't need us. God can use anything he wants to use. 
In, in, in Islamic countries, we're hearing stories and testimonies many times of people in faraway countries where there's no Christian witness and they have dreams. In the middle of the night, Jesus comes to them in their dreams and he says, I'm Jesus, believe in me, and they believe. God doesn't need us, but typically that's not how it happens. Hace los musulmanes tienen sueños de Jesús donde nadie les ha dicho y Jesús aparece y creen. God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. He wants us to stand in the gap. He wants us to be that human link. Why? I think it's because we have the same problem today that the Israelites had back then. People are intimidated by the presence of God. People are skeptical, fearful. People want to keep God at arm's length. Even after we believe, we do this, right? Because God is so holy. Dios es tan santo, la, las personas son intimidadas por él. And so the best way that, that God can get that message, he sees that there's got to be a human element in there. That's why Jesus came as a human being, and he wants us to go in his name. So that people will believe and say, Jesus is Lord. So who can we stand in the gap for? ¿Para quiénes podemos estar en la brecha? And the real answer is, anybody we can. Quien quiera que podamos. So how do we do that? Becky Pippert is a, a Christian author who 40 years ago wrote a book that is still in print today. It's called Out of the Salt Shaker. It's an incredible book about sharing our, our story with the world. Uh, Becky Pepper escribe un libro, Fuera del Saltero para Servir al Mundo, de cómo compartir nuestra fe. And in this book and in other books, she, she's still giving conferences and lectures and, and writing books, and she's still out there sharing Jesus. She talks about some principles, and I'd like to share some principles from her that I've also found in my life. Hay unos principios que ella comparte de la palabra, and they really come from God's Word. And one of the first things she says is when we begin to, to engage people in spiritual conversations, the, really one of the first things we need to do is to invite the Holy Spirit to be at work. Tenemos que invitar la obra del Espíritu Santo. If we're sent, we're sent by the Holy Spirit. So we need to be aware of the fact that, that we're going out and any conversation has the potential to be a spiritual conversation if we're going out through the Holy Spirit. Tenemos que invitar la obra del Espíritu Santo. And as we engage people, the other thing she says is we need to learn how to relate to people out of genuine love, to, to truly befriend people for the sake of them, to love people. Tenemos que amar a las personas. And especially says, she says, we need to learn how to listen to people. The first step in sharing your faith is not to say something, it's to listen. El primer paso es escuchar. Ask curious questions. Get to know people on their terms. Why do you think this way? Tell me more about your family. That must have been hard. It, explain to me how you got through that. We need to be genuinely open and curious about people's lives. In part because, as the saying goes, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. A las personas no les importa cuánto sabemos hasta que sepan cuántos ellos nos importan. 
So ask those curious questions. But also this, stimulate their curiosity as well. Hay que provocar su curiosidad. At some point, if you're, if you're truly engaging people and loving them, you're going to see spiritual conversations go to a deeper level. Las conversaciones espirituales van a profundizar en, en algún momento. It doesn't have to take long. It can be on an airplane. It can be on a bus or a train. It doesn't have to take long, but so, at some point that conversation can go deeper. And you need to be able to stimulate the curiosity of the people in that conversation. Jesus was a master at this. Jesús sabía esto más que nadie. We know in John 4, he met a woman from a, a, a neighboring nation, the nation of Samaria. They were rivals, and she met the, he met this Samaritan woman at a well. Jesús se encuentra con una mujer samaritana en un pozo, and he asks her for a drink. Le pide agua. And as she's getting him water, he says something. He says, you know, if you asked me for a drink... I'd give you water and you would never be thirsty again. Si me pidieras agua, dice, nunca jamás tendría sed. You know what he did? He provoked, he stimulated her curiosity, right? Provocó su curiosidad. She's like, what are you, who are you? What are you talking about? ¿De qué hablas? And from there, he was able to share with her and basically say, I know you. Ya te conozco. I know your story. You've had five husbands and you're with a man who's not your husband right now. Has tenido cinco hombres al que tienes ahora no es tu esposo. And it provoked her. How, how did you just, you just read my mail. How did you do that? He was able to show her who he was. At some point along the way, sooner or later, we're going to stimulate curiosity in people. They're going to say, why did you do that nice thing for me? Or what's your story? I've told you my story. What's your story? En algún momento la gente va a pedir, ¿qué es tu historia? Well, that's an open door for us to begin to say, very naturally, this is who I am. This is what's happened in my life. And to share how Jesus has impacted us. Podemos compartir cómo Jesús nos ha impactado a nosotros. So, a spiritual conversation at some point can become a gospel conversation. What's the difference? I think any conversation can be a spiritual conversation when we understand we're sent by God because we have the Holy Spirit in us and just asking someone about their life can be a spiritual thing. Una conversación puede ser espiritual en cualquier nivel, but at some point when you begin to introduce the story of Jesus, that's a gospel conversation because you're bringing the word near to that person. So we're called to mind the gap by planting seeds and watering seeds of the gospel. Nos cuidamos de la brecha plantando y regando semillas del evangelio. So, again, I want to go back to the question I asked last week. How do we begin to see this happen? Well, it goes back to what I was saying, and in fact, that's why for a second week in a row, I have this little marker in the, in the bullets, and I want to invite you to take it out. It's called the Bell's Habit. In fact, I was talking to someone this morning. They're like, I can't believe it. Something happened. I, I helped someone out And just like that, they were opening up about Jesus and they wanted to know about God. It may, uh, may be like that, but not always. But here's the habits. Bless people. Eat with people. Listen to the Holy Spirit and to people. You start doing those three things, those top three, and people are going to say, what's your story? What, tell me why you do the things you do. 
hay que, hay que bendecir a las personas y aprender de la palabra y comer con las personas. Learn, continue to learn about the story of Jesus so that you can simply tell it and then speak out, say something. These are habits. This is a lifestyle. Después puedes hablar de Jesús y escuchar el Espíritu Santo en ese proceso. It's, it's about cultivating a lifestyle of, of engaging people as different people who want to make a difference. And I want to encourage you to have this on a refrigerator and to have it in your Bible, to have it in your mind, in your heart, to look for these opportunities through the week. Espero que puedan buscar estas oportunidades. Who can you bless this week? Who can you eat with? Who can you listen to? Be open to spiritual conversations by inviting the Holy Spirit, by asking curious questions, stimulating curiosity in people, and finally saying something. The message, the word, is near you. La palabra está cerca de ustedes. It's near me. And that word is not just a word, it's a person. It's Jesus. La palabra es una persona, es Jesús. So let's, let's mind the gap. Let's, let's step into the gap and say something. Vamos a ponernos en la brecha y decir algo. I'm going to invite the worship team up and I want to pray with you right now. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, the week is before us. We have appointments on our calendar and activities and commitments. Está enfrente de nosotros la semana. We want to place that before you. When the prophet Isaiah encountered your holy presence in the temple. You said to him, who shall I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. En el templo, Señor, le preguntase al profeta, ¿Quién irá por mí? ¿A quién enviaré? E Isaías dijo, eme aquí, Señor, envíame a mí. Like Isaiah, may we this morning say, here we are, Lord. We're just ordinary people. But that's exactly what you're looking for. That's what you've chosen to do, to use ordinary people to get next to and near other people so that the word, the message of Jesus can be heard so that there's an opportunity for faith and for calling on the name of the Lord. Tú quieres usar personas ordinarias para que llegue este mensaje a gente ordinaria, para que oigan el mensaje, para que con tu ayuda crean y digan, Jesús es el Señor. Here we are, Lord. Send us this week. Enos aquí, envíenos, Señor. Estamos aquí. Envíanos. We thank you for those who have stood in the gap for us over the years. Thank you for each person who said something to us along the way. 
to plant that seed. Gracias por cada persona que ha sembrado y regado la semilla de tu palabra en nuestra vida. Help us to be that person for someone else. Que seamos esa persona para alguien más. We ask this humbly in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. And all God's people say, Amen.